Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Two Legs. This is episode 194. We are a Paul McCartney podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts. My name is Andy Nichols, and I've been with Tom for three and a half years now on this show. And uh, joining me today is, indeed, the one of the co-founders of Two Legs. You might know him from his other wildly acclaimed uh, solo Beatles podcast that he does with his comrades, Kid O'Toole, Ken Michaels, and Joe Mayo, and that's Talk More Talk, which is on YouTube or YouTube now every other Monday, just about. Uh, they were Facebook, but now they're on YouTube, and uh, they've got a great show, and really one of the inspirations for all of us when that show started almost, mm. what, five years ago now, Tom? It'll be this year? Oh, five, maybe? We started... Uh... Egypt Station. Yeah, right? we started with Egypt Station. So yeah, so fourth quarter would be five years. Yeah, so we're looking at four and a half right now. Wow. So there, but that there's the man and the, the myth and the legend, Mr. Tom Hunyadi. Ah. And uh, hello, sir. And uh, how are you today? I'm wonderful. And uh, I guess we'll we'll leave one topic alone today. That's probably a little. We're pressing on. <laughs> we're just we're just pressing on. Well, hey, look, you know, you know, like you said a couple of weeks ago, you guys hadn't made it to the playoffs for a few years, and I, I get it, man, I get it, you know, you're passionate about something, and uh, they finally make it to, uh, and then they, then they get a win during the playoffs too, and that's what you know, and that's that's great, yeah. you know, you get your hopes up even more, and then you know, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> But, but I, I tell you, man, that's the, as I get older, that's the toughest part for me is just the, how it affects my nerves and just how just, you know, you get so into it. And then when and when they, you know, when the player or a team, you know, loses, you just so devastated, you know, and I remember, um, you know, I, I'm a tennis fan, you know, so Roger Federer is my favorite um, mm-hmm my favorite tennis player. So, you know, I've seen him in a few finals where, I mean, it's, it's going so well for him. And then, you know, one little thing just turns the tide and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, there's, um, I remember the U S open one year, uh, and I forgot the guy of Port Toro or something like that. I, I forgot his name, but, um, yeah, I was looking like I thought he would pull it out, but then, you know, he ended up losing that final, but, uh, but man, it just sucks. I mean, I remember too when uh, back in um, uh, when the Pistons uh, when they had their second uh, big run there in the uh, in the um, early two thousands. Two thousands, yeah, right? with yeah. Chauncey Billups and and uh, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace and Tayshawn Prince and Rip. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, oh man, that was. <laughs> that was intense too, you know. Those were some. Those were some intense games. That was some. Yeah, pissed, you know. They won two titles or one. They won the one. They got. They got the, the one, one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 five game sweep against the Lakers. Yes. You know? And then. Um, two thousand four. I want to say. Uh, three or four, something like that. Yeah, four maybe. Um, and then the following year, I, I think they made it again against San Antonio, and I think uh, San Antonio beat them. Yeah. Uh, that year. Uh, you know, so I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's just it can be so devastating. It sucks. I know. It, it does, but we have to press on and, and yeah. press on. We will here. Uh, but before we go into what our show is today, Tom's got a little bit of uh, Mac and New- Camp news for us. Um, tell us what's yeah. Paul been doing. Well, you know, what do you do when you're a uh, when you're a female country star and you just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What do you do? What do you do? Yeah, you, know, you you record a rock and roll album, right? That's what yeah. you do. 
it's a no brainer. No brainer. So yeah. So I mean, I know this is a little bit of old news, especially by the time this gets posted, mm -hmm. but um, it uh, it has been reported that uh, Paul McCartney will be on Dolly Parton's upcoming uh, rock and roll record, which is is kind of exciting. Uh, Stevie Nicks will also be appear on there. Elton John, um, uh, Pink, you know. So there'll be a couple heavy hitters on that record, and I'm kind of curious to see what a rock and roll uh, Dolly Parton yeah, record what's that gonna sound, sound like. like? You, you'll yeah. buy it, right? Oh, well, maybe. I mean, and this is not this this is this won't be the first time that um, that Dolly Parton and McCall, Paul McCartney appears on a uh, yeah a record too. So there's that Yusuf Yusuf uh, song uh, that they appeared on as well, and the name is escaping me uh, at the moment. So just leave in, leave the name in the comments. And uh, and uh, but that's 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 it, unfortunately, for, for news. Again, it's just quiet right now. So, uh, you know, I'm sure um, we'll we'll be hearing the 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 news for the release of the Red Rose Speedway. Uh, half speed, half probably speed February, speed. late yeah. February, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So but what are we doing today, buddy? So, yeah. So today we're going to do something a little different, actually very different from what we usually do here mm -hmm. on the solo Paul McCartney podcast. Um, and we stay away from it for good reason because there's so much to talk about with Paul's solo career. But I thought for this one, we're going to maybe do this in two parts. Um, but for this show, we're going to be picking our top 10 favorite pre-1967 Beatle Paul songs. Mm -hmm. now, that could be a song that he sang lead on, could be a cover, could be obviously one that he wrote and sang on, but it also could be a cover. And everything from 67 on. The reason why we chose 67 is that he, his work is so prolific from 67 on, well, even 66 right. on, but really, if you look at that dividing line of time, it's, there's so many big, big hits, right, from 67 on, from, you know, right. Pepper, Mystery Tour, White Album, Abbey Road, Let It Be, those are like all time, all, so we were like, let's, let's look back at the early period, right, up until 66, and choose our 10 favorite Beatle Paul songs, which, you know, we don't do, I mean, obviously we cover the Beatles a little bit, but we're, we're solo Paul show so it's a very interesting time frame to look at in a breakdown because when you look at the Beatles career right you can clearly see two periods mm -hmm. in terms of how the group was kind of guided go look at the songs on everything up until including Rubber Soul they're largely John dominated records with a couple of I mean obviously Paul's got some songs on there too but right. even John John and Paul co-lead vocals mm -hmm. you know and then really from 67 on it becomes Paul's, you know, Paul becomes the guiding force of the band. And whether that was because John checked out and he was kind of just shot living the, the married, unhappy life out there. And it, to me, it's always been very clearly to see two lines of in the sand of where the, the, the vision and the leadership of the group started and where Paul took over. So in this episode today, and we're probably going to do a part two from 67 to 70, almost like the red, this is like, consider right. this our red and blue album. <laughs> This is, our red, this is our red and blue album episode. Right. right. Today's episode is the red album. Right. Right. We'll do the blue album eventually, but we're doing the red album, but only Paul stuff in the same period. Okay. So um, we're going to go 10 songs. We're going to alternate back and forth, tell you how we picked them. And I'm sure we have a couple of, uh, we probably have one, a few that will probably be the same, but I'm sure, I think, I know we're going to have probably at least one or two differences. So. Well, I hope so. And, and again, you know, the, these are just our lists, you know, mm -hmm. They're not your list, so they might not be right to you, but yeah. they're but they're right to us, and and that's okay. And 
you know, if if your favorite song and look, <laughs> there's going to be a couple heavy hitters that are not on my list because it's it's because it's yep. just right now. This is just my favorite right now. You know yes. what I mean? couple of those heavy hitters who have been my favorite for decades. You know what I mean? But they're not going to be on this. They're not going to be on either of our lists. Good point. You know, you know, and it's like people will say, well, how can you have a top 10 Paul list without so-and-so? Because know, we can. Because you can. And, it, and these and are, there are current favorites. Right. Current. And that's the, the underlying word right there. It's the current favorites. So, so before we dive ahead. in, just give me some of your thoughts there, Tom, on Beatles <clears throat> period McCartney your favorite periods of it, overlooked periods. I mean, obviously the celebrated period, but what going through these, I mean, when you were growing up as a Beatle fan, did you gravitate towards the, just the Paul stuff or this? Oh, no. John, no, I was, right? no. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was a John junkie. I, I still am a Beatle John junkie. Uh, you know, he's, you know, when I when think about the Beatles, um, when I think about my favorite Beatles songs, a lot of them are John songs. John songs. You know, yeah. you, you you can't disregard a lot of those wonderful songs that he sang. You know, that he sang lead on. It's just no. fantastic. You know, big part of my life was was spent. You know, listening to a lot of those songs over and over and over. And that's that's you know, like we all do. You know, you you go through the albums. You're like, that's right. a great song, John. That's a great song, John. That's and that's kind of what right. led me led me to my personal belief of. You know how you look at the band and how their and their creativity between right. sixty two, uh, professionally between sixty two and sixty six, really right. in, the, in that time period. And Revolver really is where it the, well, the the tide changes a little bit. Yeah, I would say almost starting bit. with 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 Rubber Soul a little bit, but then yeah, switching into really switching Revolver. Into Revolver. I mean, and then you had the and you had the two non album singles too, right? You had the Paperback Writer and Rain, uh, and we can work it out, get out, Tripper, right? You know, so you look at those two tracks too, and you can kind of see the 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 tides turning a little bit, but um, but yeah, it's really sixty five. So I would say like sixty five up to like probably sixty eight would probably be my favorite. You know, period for for Paul. For songs. Paul, for yeah. Beale, for Beale, yeah. between that period there, right. yeah, right. All right, well, we're gonna kick it off here with number ten, and Thomas, why don't you tell us what you have at number ten for pre sixty seven Paul? When when I when when I talk about loving the video for "Fuck You" so much, it's because I experienced exactly what that kid experienced. You know, so. Um, and, and it's been a couple times, but, uh, but the, the main fact is because, you know, the night I met my wife, you know, we lived in Chicago, I was a couple blocks away from home. So I was, I would, I usually walked, you know, so the, the song I sang on my way home was, I just seen a face and that'll always be, you know, in my top 10, it was always in my top 10 prior to, but it, uh, but it has more of a meaning now to me. You know, especially the the opening line, I just seen a face I can't forget the time or place where we just met. You know, mm. she's just the girl for me and I want all the world to see we've met. You know, and you know, it's a staple in his live shows. It's you know, you and um I love that opening acoustic uh solo, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's always been a big standout to me, that opening solo. I, I you know, because you usually don't hear a long solo like that in a Beatles song. You know what I mean? Um, so that was kind of unique in a way as well. So 
Um, yeah, I was just seeing the face is, is, is I got for number 10 right now. And, and plus these aren't really in any order really either. Not really. Think I mean, about just, it, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm just doing my 10. I mean, I will say what my favorite is from that period when I get to that song. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I've just seen a face at number 10. Um, and, and again, one, a case where the American market got it right by opening up the American rubber soul with that track oh, instead of burying okay. it on side two. Mm. of the uk help which is probably how you discovered it just on help right you probably didn't know it on rubber soul no 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 british yeah british yeah british, british lps all the way for me all the way see yeah. I, again a case where again i kind of have both experiences of listening to it with uh american albums as a you yeah. know and having and then also getting the uk so it's interesting to know how you discover these songs and where you to me i've just seen a face is the perfect album opener and it's, it's the only case where the american counterpart is better sequenced than the British one, in my opinion. Having Rubber Soul sets the mood for. Uh, I've just seen a face sets the mood totally for Rubber Soul, so it's a good pick. Yeah, and I should experience the the U.S. Rubber Soul. I mean, I I, I hear it, people talk very highly. You never, you've never listened to it? No, I had no oh, interest. Man. Never had any interest in listening to it. You... But I I will because I mean, just so many people, including yourself, talk so highly highly of it so it, it, i'll give it a listen give it a listen and maybe one day it's another beetle project in the in the pipeline that people want is a vinyl reissue of the capital albums mm. you know and i know you you would probably be all in for those well they did the cds um, oh, we, well they did a the couple CDs times a couple times the right. volume one and volume two and then two separately top, and then separately but yeah. they were really kind of in my for my money, the volume one and volume two that were issued in two thousand four and two thousand six were the best ones because they were exactly reproduced mm. as the album sounded. What they did with that box set in twenty fourteen is that they took the Beatle out, they took the American albums and they used the British, you know, the original British tracks mm. without any of that capital's post, you know, sweetening or extra reverb, reverb and yeah. put it out and just put them on there. So it's a little bit of a different lift. Like the covers, all the, the, the they put every album in there. Hey Jude, yesterday and today. Like yeah. it's, it, it's done right, but they used they used the British they used the British tracks and not the American ones that were done, which to me kind of kills the whole point of the whole thing because you want that unique listening experience, good or bad. And Beatle purists will tell you that that's bastardized listening. You should never listen to the Beatles that way, and I get that. As a, as a purist, but you know we can't help it. That's how you were raised on the records, right? And that's right. all you know. So I, I think um, you you yeah, you would you would you would dig some of those. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, number ten for me. We're going to the second uh, UK Beatles album with the Beatles, okay. and, I, and I chose actually a song that Paul did not write, um, which Meredith oh. Wilson. It's from Meredith uh, Wilson wrote it. And it's called "Till There Was You." Okay. As uh, seen in, in the um, sh uh, play and movie The Music Man, which, and the Beatles, of course, did on Ed Sullivan. Um, right, right. You know, it's it's funny when you look at Paul written, only Paul kind of covered songs in those first couple of albums. There's not too many. Right. There's not too many. You know, there's a lot, a lot that he and John do together, mm -hmm. but the individual solo songs only. You've got Hold Me Tight, right? Okay, mm -hmm. which is Paul, which almost made my list, but it didn't. <laughs> But um, Till There Was You, I think, is a good one because it just encompasses those early Beatle period days, and it's and they sang it on Ed Sullivan. So they thought that much of it to sing it on the Ed Sullivan show to include it in right. their set when they were on TV on, in February of 64. So I'm going to go with Till There Was You as a cover at my number 10. Your number 9? 
Number nine. Um, yeah, well, Till Til there was you is, a, is an interesting pick. I, I'm kind of surprised you picked that a little bit. Um, you know, okay. I, yeah, no, I've always enjoyed the song. It's just I've, I don't think I've taken it. I've, I've taken it as seriously as, as other, you know, Paul, Paul tracks, but it's one I don't shy away from for sure. But um, going to mind number nine is um, a song that, that is just, you know, gained popularity for me uh, over the last uh, 20 years or so. It's, it's one that I never really taken seriously until, uh, like I said, the thing um, to the last 20 years, but that's uh, things we said today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I've said that, um, I think, um, you know, if you want to consider this one of the Jane songs or not, but, uh, I, I, I've said that recently or a lot of times over the last couple of years that I think that she is, is Paul's best muse when it comes to, uh, you know, writing songs, you know, um, but, uh, but I love, there's a couple things that I love right here. Um, someday when I'm lonely, wishing you weren't so far away. And then I love when he switches it up to someday when we're dreaming deep in love, not a lot to say, you know, I, I really like, dig, uh, dig the, the, the change in, in you know, and kind of like the same style, you know, rhyming and all that stuff, but it, it just changes it up to, to someday, you know, when I'm, and then to, to we're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of like that meaning that, you know, they're together then. And, um, you know, and the uh, chorus, the chorus yeah. is just killer. You know, yeah. boom, me, I'm yeah. just a so, exactly. Guy. Oh. Yeah. Love to hear you say that uh, love is love or love is luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, again, you know, I, you know, when you, when you think about sounds like this, you know, you think about, you know, one, um, I think it's, you know, Dylan esque in a way, you know, lyric analogy. You know, lyrically a little bit, but uh, still kind of innocent. Um, but then, you know, you also got the influence of Lennon there as well, who uh, I think, um, if I don't, you know, I want to say Paul's a good, great lyricist, but I don't think he would have been as great as he is without, you know, working oh. with, with uh, without Lennon. No, and you've got those diminished chords in there. It's a very yeah. in minor key. It's just a, it, that's a great, great deep yeah. album cut one that he's revisited uh yes. numerous times as, right. in a solo act and really re, kind of really bringing it back to life in a whole new arrangement for the tripping the live fantastic uh yeah. live album right. with a nice going kind of really awesome arrangement of that song a little bit you know not as um a little more uh rocking you know not not so right. much just a fast paced acoustic ballad and they have with that great segue into uh eleanor rigby with robbie mcintosh mm. with a great solo on the outro right right and then uh you know dylan covered it on the art of mccartney mm -hmm. uh set so um there you yeah. go brother yeah, great good track. choice number nine for me another curveball another curveball <laughs> because it's not a song that he wrote either and it's really it was it's, it actually has not officially been released yet ever Hmm. Has not been, and this goes back to January first, nineteen sixty-two, with the Decca auditions ah. on New Year's Day. And this song for me, number nine, is "Love of the Love." Oh, okay. Which is, I think, just a great song. I can't believe it has not come out on any on any on anthology or anything else since. "Love of the Love," which I believe he gave to Cilla Black, and she did it, um, is a great song. It's it's bouncy. Um, I mean, are you hugely familiar with it, Tom? Not hugely. I I know it. I've heard it a few times, but not enough to really, you know, appreciate it as much as as you are right now. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those gems. 
in the early 60s from the Beatles to me that just has largely gone unnoticed. And it's mm. it's not seen any really official release. I think Love of the Loved is, uh, and again, it has that raw, early kind of Beatles energy to it, you know, which I think is so great. And Paul was so not really sure of himself as a lead singer. You can hear him kind of wobbling, you know, mm. on like on, on the alternate take of Love Me Do and things like that. He was really so self-conscious as a lead singer in those early days, you know, before he really got the confidence, which is why John yeah. was such the, the driving force of the band. Right. So it, it's just an early, it's an early track that again, we're only looking at this kind of 62 to 66 period. And we're, we're I'm telling, like Tom told you at the, at the start, we're going to, there's going to be some heavy hitters, not on this list. And this isn't, this is not a heavy hitter, but it's a deep cut. But I think that the, the, we have the kind of show that I think our, our viewers and fans can appreciate some of these picks too, and you know, if mm-hmm. they can, great. And if they can't, that's fine too, you know. But just be nice about it. <laughs> that was my number nine. That number was your eight? number nine. Number eight. Um, uh, let's see which way I want to go. Um, going to uh, help. Um, I've always liked this one. I like this one more and more now than I ever have, and that's another girl. <laughs> uh, you know. You know, I just love that opening course before I've got another girl. And, and then it, yeah. And then, you know, and I love the line, I ain't no fool and I don't take what I don't want. I, I just thought that's just a killer, a killer line from, from Paul. Again, I think that's a, a big influence from, from John uh, right there, you know. Big. And, uh, yeah, another girl is, is great in so many ways. Um, you know, it, it's a fun uh, bit in the in the movie. Um, on the you know, beach in the Bahamas yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, again, you know, when I'm first discovering uh, the band, um, listening to those albums, this one didn't really cry out to me that much. until Early on. Yeah, early on. You know, and it's really weird how some of these songs have crept up, uh, you know, into my soul. Um, oh, you know, yeah over the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years pre, you know, first 10 years or, or so, you know. You know what it is, too, Tom? I think there's so much attention paid to the classics, and rightly so, because they right. are they are going to be remembered for hundreds of years. So when so much attention gets paid on them, you're like, <clears throat> well, well, let me take out, let's just see what this other track is about and listen to it. So that, I think, is the curious listener fan and all of us to say, okay, we know it's good, but what else is out there that we that, mm-hmm. that really hasn't been talked about or explored as much? And another girl is one of those, which is also on my list too. Not in the same right. spot, but it's you know I have actually two of your songs already are also in my top ten. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. So, so far, <laughs> but you're right. You're it's 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 you sometimes as you get older, you right. hear these songs in a different context, and you're yes. like, damn, that's really good. Yes. And Paul playing it live yeah. again. You know, I think we did this on we counted on two legs on another show. Mm-hmm. I think there's only a handful of Beatles songs he actually has not played live. Another Girl is one of them. Right. And uh, I think I think I've in my 12 times seeing him, I think I've seen him do it at least once or twice. Mm. Um, it's just that again, that counter that that chorus middle eight stuff on these tracks, killer. Like things we said today, Another Girl where John comes in, Another Girl who would love me to the, the like end. That, yeah. that is yeah. so so freaking good. Through it's, thick and thin, she'll always be my friend. I mean, that's another, a, pick another, the, pick the needle up and play it again. Right. It's that good. Like mm-hmm. that's those those moments are like that's why I always say like the deepest Beatle album cut is a hundred times better than the Rolling Stones' best song. Go, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'll, give me put out put out another girl as a single in 1965. Number one. 
Right. Number one single. Guaranteed. So, good choice, brother. Yeah. Uh, number... Um, is it eight for me? Yeah, is going to be one you just said to start off your list, and that's I've just seen a face, Hmm. and we kind of talked about it when you mentioned it, and it's for all the reasons why. Uh, I again, I think of it in the rubber soul context, as and Brian Wilson does too, um, because which inspired him for Pet Sounds, an album that I know you really don't really not a big fan of either. Um, So it's that kind of Laurel Canyon songwriter stuff that really influenced a lot of people. Um, that that American the American version of that album. So I think I like the Wings over America live version of which is totally a little. It's a little different, right? You know, and in that acoustic set there. But uh, all the reasons why you said that's why. I mean, I've just seen a face got to be on there for, for pre sixty seven. So right. And then uh, uh, before we get to seven, you know, you you mentioned Laurel Canyon, and you know, I, I we should just mention the the passing of of David Crosby mm. and and the fact that. Um, you know they have been on when they've been on stage together they'll they have done blackbird a lot on stage together i don't think they recorded it uh correct me if i'm wrong anybody in the audience but um or watching um because i know they've done it live a bunch of times and then when as they they do it live they announce it as you know a song by their favorite uh their favorite musician let's uh let's 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 do a little sidebar if now that you brought him up on on david crosby and the birds and csny what are your what are your initial are you a a moderate fan a diehard i'm a casual but what yeah i i would say i'm a little bit more of a casual fan of of crosby i mean the i i love the the oh your post that song you posted yeah on his you know uh his first solo uh record and the, the song called "Laughing" is is just um, musically is is fantastic, but 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 uh, Crosby really sings sings those songs well. And the the, the the musicians that he has, I mean, from Neil Young to Joni Mitchell, uh, members of Jeff Jefferson um, Starship or Airplane, whatever airplane, they call, sure. airplane they were called they called then, um, fantastic. Um, and then. Um, you know, songs from, from those first two albums, you know, one being Guinevere, which, um, like some of these songs on here, like, uh, like, uh, and I, you know, other songs that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the, the acoustic, the, the acoustic sound, the soft, quiet acoustic sound and the, and the, the harmonies, um, you know, throughout a lot of those songs are just, you know, all you can do is just sit and appreciate, you know, what what he brings to the table and i you know i can't oh here it is and um, I, I know you know i know him, you had him and yeah. ash did an album together as well Well, they did they did multiple multiple, they did multiple but yeah. there's that, that famous one from the early 70s yeah. right right yeah um if i could only remember my name this is the this that's is, the, that's this his for that's his first solo his album, first right? solo album right here and they he's i think he performed laughing uh on that tour that crosby stills nash and young uh tour uh he performed that song laughing um, you know, on the four way uh, four corners now, or whatever it's four, called. Oh, the, the, yeah, the four way, yeah, the four way street, right? Yeah, that, yeah. This is a great example why I think it's such a great uh, the ability to learn about new old music, as I call mm-hmm. it. Now, I'm an average, you know, I know the average Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young stuff. I have a couple other albums, but I don't really have that. I don't, I don't have that album, and I don't really know it. I've seen it in record mm-hmm. shops for years and years, but I've never had the the inclination to listen to it, and there. You know, something happens, you know, and you bring it to and then you learn something about it and you go. So right. I, I think that's you know, sad, obviously sad that he's passed and, you know, 
we posted that picture of him with the uh, visiting the Beatles for the Day in the Life session. Right. And his yeah. story about that, how he heard the last, he heard the last chord drop, and he was like, he was like, his mind was blown, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you you, know, you listen to songs like, and he had a, kind of a unique voice too. I mean, you listen to songs like "Almost Cut My Hair" and "Long yeah. Time Gone." Um, you know those, you know when he's not harmonizing. Just a song and he, before and I his, go. And, yeah, just a song. You know, uh, really unique voice and. Um, you know, when he's singing, I mean, when he's cooking, I mean, he is cooking. And again, you know, kind of, you know, people know about the, you know, the, you know, uh, what's what am I saying here? Um, you know, what, the riff, the, the riff oh, oh, between the, 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 the riff between, yeah, the riff in between the other three, you know, Steels, Nash, and and Young. Um, you know, Na uh, Nash came out and said some nice stuff. Young Real, Nash, since his passing, you know. has been nothing but loving and right. tribute. And even and even Neil posted something. Yeah, yeah and nothing no nothing negative. I think David just sent that to us. Nothing negative, because yeah. I mean, in the end, is it all worth it to to carry on and be like that? It's it's just yeah. not worth it to to do that. So, and I got I mean, I, I saw Nash Nash did a couple CSNs Y songs when I saw him over the summer. You know, in a small engagement mm -hmm. of people to do that, which was so fun. But um, Great another video that I was saw I saw it live when it was on with David Crosby, Jimmy Webb, the song mm. the singer songwriter, yep. Yep. and Vince Gill at the mm. Brian Wilson tribute show in two thousand one did a killer version of the Beach Boys song Surf's Up. And you Beach Boys fans out there, it's not surf music, so Tom ain't listening to it. But <laughs> I think Tom you would appreciate it because yeah. of the songwriting and that kind of song. Surf's up and Crosby kills it on that song. Jimmy Jimmy Webb opens the song. Oh, I'm sorry. Vince Gill opens the song, Jimmy Webb takes the second part, and Crosby finishes it out. It's a really complex piece of music. Those of you that don't know, surfs up, and Crosby at that show killed him. That's kind of was like another point. Like I was like, wow, this guy again. He's not the lead vocalist, but he's that guy that can kind of. He's like right. the, the the guy that can kind of bring the, the glue, the harmonies, you know, and obviously the songwriting. Yeah. So you know, if you're not familiar with some of the tracks, I would definitely recommend uh, the song "Laughing." Uh, from his mm -hmm. first solo, I would definitely recommend Guinevere. Guinevere is great. Yeah. What you year know, did that see that album originally first come out? That's seven sixty nine or seventy. Okay. Yeah, and then um, and then long time gone and almost cut my hair. I mean those yes. two tracks as as well are just you know phenomenal. So. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a side side track there on the yeah. Crosby because it was a, was a significant passing at the age of eighty one, and yeah. God knows he he had a. A rough life, and I think he lived a lot longer than well, you know, he oh, thought geez. he would. Yeah, I mean, you know, addiction. I mean, he spent time in jail and oh, the liver, the liver the transplant. Liver. The yeah, liver. I remember that firsthand. You know, and I remember the backlash too about you know how he got you know because he got it and it's because he was a celebrity. A lot of people right. were not were not happy about that. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, but yeah, just uh, you know, a wonderful talent. And as you mentioned, as you've told me many times, brother, since we got together, the next yeah. 10 years are not going to be fun oh. ones for our icons, and we no, see why not. now, and yeah, it's really no, not. not. And it's just it's going to come for us all, but it, this is just a fact of life, and it sucks. It really yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, enjoy the music now while you can. Appreciate them now while they're alive. Don't be one of those people that waits till they die to buy their music. You know, if you have any interest in – you know, any musician now that's in their 70s or 80s, start listening to them now. Listen to them. You know, yeah, listen to it. So, so all right. Continuing, we were at number seven, and it is your turn. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to go with, um, uh, and I love her, um, you know, okay. Hard Day's Night. And uh, just, again, another powerful ballad from Paul. The Again, you know, the... Um, you know, we got to give credit to Paul for, for finally coming out and saying all those wonderful things about, you know, about George, you know, and his opening, you know, exactly for coming up with that. And, you know, should he have gotten uh, songwriting credit for it? You know, maybe, but, uh, um, you know, that's their problem. <laughs> that's their deal. You know, let them yeah. deal with that, <laughs> you know, very true. Uh, you know, so. Um, but yeah, I give her all my love. That's all I do. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful track and, um, it, it fits. I don't know if it, it fits perfectly on that album or not. I, I don't know. I, I, I love Hard Day's Night because it's just so, it's all so, you know, up, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, a hard rocking record. You know what I mean? It is. And, uh, and you know, the, you, know you, 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 you think yeah. it doesn't fit. You know, I don't the know mood if it of the album. I don't know, but it's it's, it's kind of like uh, you know sticks out a little bit, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it, they clearly liked it because they, they oh, had a yeah. scene for it in the oh, film. Well, it, well, it I'm like, saying that, I'm, right? I, it yeah. it, you know, it, obviously there was like like things we said today right. was really just an album cut on side two, whereas "End right. Our Lover" was obviously a significant scene Part in the of, film. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it's just like when I think of. When I when I think of Hard Day's Night, I mean I'm just more or less thinking of of you know come on man like, should have known better Hard yeah, Day's exactly. Night exactly uh, uh, you right. know yeah uh, can't buy me love yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah all those big you know you know more upbeat upbeat tracks and then you even got more of those you know um, on the B side too is um, you know when I get home when I too, get home you know yeah, know, yeah. so um, tell me why you know oh. so um but i mean it's a standout track you know i'm here now you know the older i get and um it's it's beautiful bright eyes the stars that shine dark as the night i know this love of mine will never die you know it's just you know just classic stuff from paul that we still get you know to this day you know yeah so uh beautiful you know again george george's performance on that song is, is is top notch you know i know sometimes we, we we tease george about some of his you know guitar work on early Beatles <laughs> songs uh you know <laughs> so but this one he he uh grand slam on this one you know two Homer? out base two out yeah. bases loaded and he just he swung for the fences yeah. and, and uh he came through well because it was so different because so many to your point about how the so much of the Beatles music is so, and even just outside of Hard Day's Night, it's especially those early that early period is so energy, so energy, so are standing right. there, and so that when they lightened things up or slowed things down, it was like, whoa, what's this going to be? You know, so that's that's one of those kind of classic, classic you know, McCartney songwriting. And again, Jane, the Jane, the, the Jane Asher, right. the Muse, as you as yep. you mentioned a couple songs ago, mm -hmm. the Muse for these early these Beatles classics was right. her. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Nice choice there at number seven, sir. Um, mm -hmm. Number seven for me, I'm going to go with uh, 1965 single only, We Can Work It Out, mm. uh, at, at number uh, seven for me. Um, much to say other than that, it's, a, it's obviously, you know, it's a hit. It's a song that I've known since I was a kid because it was a, ma it was a major Beatle hit. And I think my first exposure to it probably was on the Red Album. As most, <laughs> probably most people heard it, you know, collecting. Uh, although I, I think it actually was on yesterday and today. That's actually probably mm -hmm. when I first heard it. 
on there as well. Double A side. There's no time for fussing and fighting. All right. that, that, all that. You know, the John and Paul really is strong on that. I t- but this is to me more of a Paul song, and Day Tripper is more of a John song, even though they both are on it. Would you agree? Right. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, even though Paul's you know doing more of the lead on Day Tripper, you you definitely hear John, you know, a lot throughout that whole song. You know? Yes. And and I think you know and again this is the classic there there's no you know t- uh, life isn't short and there's no time that's that's the John and Paul songwriting there's no time for fussing and fighting my friend and then right, right into this that's their that's the this is like the apex really of their collaboration I think there's some of this stuff that came out in '65 before they started really writing separately I think six, right. 1965 was the apex of their songwriting relationship and on songs like We Can Work It Out and Day Tripper you hear that. Clearly, it happened on other points. Obviously, a day in the life. Oh, oh, absolutely, getting you know, better. Sure, but but this period here, 1965, I think is the high water mark for that. And uh, you know, we can work. What can you? What can you say? Classic, right. classic track. And should I would think it probably will be on your list too. Hopefully, we'll see. Well, yeah, and then, uh, and so what? Six is next, or six for you? Yes. Yeah. So now go. We can work it out as well. Um, <laughs> You know, try to see it my way. Yeah, try to see it my way. You know, just the opening, you know, only time will tell if, uh, you know, if I'm right or I'm wrong. Um, Why well, see it your way uh, with the risk of knowing that our love, uh, what is it, love? May soon uh, be gone. May, may soon be gone. Um, so, so yeah, uh, again, um, it, it's, it's, it's very good. Very good song. It's one of my favorite singles uh, from them. You know, you you can't you can't uh, um, push aside the the you know the work that you know the 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 uh, the you know what John did for that song with uh, you know it, it's it's very powerful what he adds you know and, and he always credits uh, John for for what you know whatever he brings to one of his songs whether it's you know it's paperback writer or or, or getting better. You know, life is like you said. You pointed out life is very short. You know that stuff is it's powerful. And then so you know, you I almost didn't include that one because I felt like that's more of a um, more you know you know what I mean. It's a co-write than than it is more you know Paul uh, Paul's, had, uh, Paul's song, song, song. Solo, and which yeah. it, it is. But you know, with the inclusion of John's bit, you know, I almost left that out. But it's just too good of a song, you know, to to you know, deny uh, its its place in anybody's top ten. No, of, and of course it's got the, the harmonium on it, which was played by George Martin, which now right. is Wick, Wick's moment now with the, right. <laughs> during the live shows. Right. Wick, Wick comes out and plays, you know, and re, you know, reproduces that part. for, And it's been a staple probably ever since. When did he first start playing We Can Work It Out? Uh, 1990. You probably I thought saw it was it, 89, 90. didn't he? Didn't he, he didn't do it in the, during the uh, Flowers? I don't think so. It's not on. It's not on Tripping Live. Fantastic. Well, he did it. He did it on the uh, the unplugged, right? Because isn't that the song he the the uh, he screwed up yeah, on and then he went screwed back up to, and then yeah. he started again. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously it was in the set list in '93 for the um, right for the New World Tour, which you right. saw. So no, it yeah. was not. It was not in the set list for the '89 um, '90, but it worked its way into unplugged, and it's really kind of been in and out ever ever since that, of thirty right. years on. So. Um, we matched up back to back there, so that's yep. your number six. Yep. Um, six for me. You you mentioned it a couple songs ago. Another girl from Help. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's got to it's got to be in there. It's got to be in there for all the reasons we said. It's just a great song, great scene from the movie, and the songwriting is just off the charts. 
So mm-hmm. uh, that's easily said for me. It's six, five for you. Top five. Um, wow. Okay. Um, again, it's, it's, it's so weird because of that energy that we talked about when, you know, there's so much energy going on first couple songs and all of a sudden you just, the, the, the song kind of, or the album kind of like mellows out then with the, with the, with the slow one. And, um, I'm going with, uh, here, there and everywhere, which, uh, again, another, uh, beautiful track. Um, and that's what revolver. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, isn't that? Didn't he change a, a line in that for the uh, Broad Street? Broad Street, yeah. yeah. You know, he goes, "What uh, to lead a better, lead a better life? life. Uh, I, I need, need my, lo- I need a love, a love of, my, of own. my own, right? Instead yeah. of uh, I need my love to, to be, be here. here." Yeah. So uh, again, it's it's um, you know, Paul doing these soft ballads. I, I think sometimes people give him a little bit of crap for it, but. Um, uh, but these are some of the greatest uh, Beatles songs, you know, period. Uh, some of these, you know, softer, you know, songs from, from, from Paul. Um, and then I love the, the do-do-do, you know. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of... Uh, and I love Locker. her. Right. But um, his, his, vo- his vocals are just so smooth uh, throughout, this, throughout this track. How about the, the John and George and the and Paul with the ooing and the ah yeah. on, on, oh. on, on the backing tracks, which you can now hear really well on, on the new Revolver. Right. Revolver mm-hmm. set, you know, I want her, you know, I love the, you know, and I want her everywhere. I, you know, they're here. I love it. And there, you know, the next verse. And then, you know, I want her everywhere. I just love how he, you know, uh, puts the ads hat into each verse kind of like a way, it's... Um, you know. And it on Revolver, it's a much it's a tender ballad. When he's right. played it live, he's actually almost jazzed it up and rocked it up a little mm-hmm. bit. Listen to the live version on Back in the U.S. or Back in the World. It's like it's like a fast-paced version. It's totally it's totally sped up. The energy is different. It's not right. a tender, slow ballad. You know, mm-hmm. um, just a curious arrangement on that on that, right. that tour that he did with it. Um, yeah, and I you know the the last one too is. Um... Uh, each one believing that love never dies, watching her eyes and hoping I'm always there. You know, I, you know, I love all this stuff. It's, you know, again, I, I did, you know, I've always been a big ballad guy. I think we've talked about this before, oh, yeah. you know, you know, so. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're suckers for the ballads. We we're like suckers them. for the ballad. But, but again, it's like when you're used to, you know, hearing so much energy and then it, it just kind of slows down a little bit. It's kind of takes you as a surprise. Um, or at least it did for me, you know, during, you know, those, those early years, uh, you know, me discovering, discovering Beatles and stuff like that. So it's, it's, again, it's a top worthy, song. Yeah. Worthy, yeah. worthy of any top 10 all time Beatles list so. that could be on I there. So, so, I mean, yeah. of course it's going to be on a top 10 yeah. Paul list and, uh, good pick. Obviously got to, got to include it. Yeah. I think uh, so. Number, I'm going to number five for me, yep. same album, not the same song. But I'm, we're going to go with uh, Good Day Sunshine Okay, yeah. at number five for me. Lightweight, maybe. Maybe a little bit of a take on the Loving Spoonful Daydream type thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's Paul's ability for melody coming through at its, at its strongest, you know. Mm. Just to be able to write a pop, sunny song there, late, you know, in the 60s, fits the bill. You know, uh, you know, the honky-tonk piano. Right. You know. Uh, I, I can't, I love Good Day Sunshine in, in all of its forms on the Beatle version, um, you know, live, of course, you know, you had it, he, he did it live and you got it, 
You got it released on the B side of the birthday single, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. on the recent set. So it's a song that obviously he he quite enjoys as well. Sang it to the astronauts in spin space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, on the US uh, tour. So right. I, I've always enjoyed Good Day Sunshine. Uh, it's probably more of a, a Paul and George Martin song. Right. When you listen to it a little bit. Um, but, you know, the lyrics, obviously, simple, breezy, you know, I, I but I, that's the kind of stuff that I like as Paul, as, as you all know, as a songwriter. So Good Day Sunshine was going to be in a top 10 for me at hmm. five. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. It didn't make mine. Again, you know, whether or not you think that's one of Paul's heavy hitters, you know, it just didn't Again, make mine. It, it It's a good track. I love it. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, just didn't make it this time, you know. That's fine. Because we're looking at pre-67. Pre-67 yeah. and stuff that's not so obvious. So, right. you know, that's to me. the thing. And again, as Tom mentioned at the top, these are what our current favorites are now. Right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so we are up to number four. Sir. Number four. Your day breaks, your mind aches. You find that all our words are kind of thing. Kind of sneed lung, um, you know, on when she no longer needs you. Um, and I know I just didn't do that any justice, but um, it's it's a you know one of his most powerful songs. I think Beatles songs, um, some of his most powerful lyrics. Um, you know, again, you know, in that Jane um, songbook uh, of songs, and uh, you want her, you need her, and yet you don't believe her when she said her love is dead. You think she needs you. I just. For for someone of his age to write these you know these lyrics, <laughs> you know, and 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 this and it sucks too because as he matures, you know you you figure you know but but that love for for Linda you know he, he didn't you know really necessarily experience the things he experienced with with Jane, um, but uh, you just don't get this kind of stuff from him from solo work really you know what I mean it, it's just lyrically no. I you know. These lyrics are just just don't scream. What 23, 24, 20, 24 year old guy yeah, right, at exactly. the time writing it, writing right. something like as sad as for no one. I mean, come right. on, that, that's like Bach. It's 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 that impressive. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my four. All right, four for me. We're going back to help, mm. and we're going to the scene. Uh, where is this in the film? This is that scene in the fields with the tanks. Mm. Right. And the night and the night before. Before. Nice. The <laughs> night before. And see that was on that made that wasn't originally on my list, but I had to bump it for some. Oh, you 86 it? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The night before. Kind of the same ilk as another girl. Right. Album cut, although it's on, it's obviously in the film, but it wasn't right. a single. Could have been. He opened up his show at Yankee Stadium in 2011, I want to say. I was there with the night before. Place went nuts. And I was one of them. It was it was crazy to hear him do the night before one of those songs that he had never done live before, and he played it and opened up a show with it. Mm-hmm. Incredible, uh, just in terms just of being a, just a great song. You know, another girl who will love me to the end through thick and thin. Yeah. She will, you know, that that bit of the song is what is what is the hook. You know, through thick and thin, she will love me to the end. You know, and then the George, you know, riff. You know, and it's just it's just a perfect little perfect song. You know, but it was you did have it in your time. I knew you. I had a feeling you were going to have that one in your top ten at some point, but then you yeah. you, elb- you elbowed it. But the night before, yep, that was my number four, top three. I love the uh, the opening chords to that. You know, I love how it yeah. sounds. I I won't be able to do any justice, but I just love how it opens. You know. 
Oh, I have got. There's a bad version of it. No, that's that's another girl. I'm sorry. Yeah. See? Yeah. No, see, we were just talking about another girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. See, we were yeah. just talking. That's right. I, both songs go are so similar to me because right. they're in the top ten. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, so it, yeah, you just sang a verse from another girl. <laughs> see, you, you, you just, I just did what you did. Yeah. See? You did it with an I Love Her. I did it with right, another girl. Exactly. No, uh, no the bass. Yeah. yeah. And then the yeah. organ. Yeah. And then yeah. the organ kicking into it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. We're supposed to be some professional Beatle podcasters. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't even know what, what, we know what songs we're talking about. <laughs> oh, I love uh, when that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, um let's see here where were we at Eight, three three yeah three because we're going backwards i'm gonna go with um you know the uh, these two tracks from i'm gonna go with the, the these next two tracks are from rubber soul and uh, they're amazing lyrically again uh one is uh you won't see me mm. um i love the you know time after time you oh. refuse to even listen i wouldn't even mind if i knew what i was missing i mean that <laughs> is just killer oh. killer lyric right there jane jane asher again yeah, yeah. uh was it till the days are few you know i it's just the uh, this one kill i mean this one kills me too because this again this was like another one too that was just kind of like a little throwaway you know as i was you know first discovering and it's um, again that. a killer song it's an awesome freaking song that's probably the song i play on rubber soul the most right yeah. yeah you know uh but that 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 lyric again for me is 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 why i love that song so much <laughs> i you know what is that a, a inkling on a past on a past issue yeah. there somewhere <laughs> maybe 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 <laughs> but uh, you know because there's times where i do you do do use like life experiences and you know as, as sure. reasons why i love uh, you know, certain songs, uh, like I do, but, uh, you know, you won't see me as, uh, you know, I, you know, and then again, you know, when I call you up, your lines engaged too, you know, because when the hell did you ever hear the words when I call you up, up your yeah. lines, I remember being like yeah. eight going, your lines engaged. engaged what the hell right. does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? It means it's busy. Like, yeah, I know. But when I was eight, I didn't know that. I'm like, right. your lines engaged. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? I, I, I didn't know as a kid, you know? Like your lines, but anyway, when I call you up, your lines engage in a song, in a popular song. But but just the the word the the that word though is it, it's per. I love it though how he just uses engage for that for for that you know for a telephone you know for a telephone <laughs> right and that's you know snippet of time right right and then and then going into uh, you know I've had enough so act your age you know yeah again it just again you know he just doesn't. He doesn't write songs like that anymore. The middle eight, and then the middle eight, man. Time after yeah. time, you refuse to even listen. You listen, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Epic. It uh, is. That, that's yeah. coming up as well in a couple songs <clears throat> for me, but not yet. Number three okay. for me. We're going actually. We're going to 1964. Okay. But the origins of the song go back to the Liverpool days of when Paul was a teenager. That's how mm. actually how, how old this song is. Okay. And the song in question, which eventually came out. And on Beatles for Sale and in the UK and Beatles 65 in America is I'll Follow the Sun. Oh, okay. That to me is uh, top tier McCartney. Uh, again, wasn't a single album track, but I think it is 
grown in stature over the years too. He obviously revisited live and did that fake ending ten times, which was ridiculous. Yes, you know, which I saw <laughs> in person, you know, and he did it like for like five minutes. And they're going crazy. People Go- went crazy for that. I know, just because it like the fake ending, the fake outs, right. the fake outs, the fake outs, the fake outs, but. Just in its Beatles form, I'll Follow the Sun is just a killer acoustic ballad, you know, and um, again, poignant lyric writing for somebody in their 20s, like you just mentioned with For, with for No One, mm-hmm. I'll Follow the Sun, you know, um, it's a song that you can think about, you know, when you're you know, thinking about your days and what you've done and what you've accomplished and what you haven't or regrets and stuff like that, and, um, and so the time has come, you know, so my love is going, and in the end, I lose a friend. You know things like that. Those right. lyrics that that those really stick to you, especially you know when you've you know you if you've experienced it. You know when in my case, which I have. So that's mm. what I think about when I think when I hear that song. So okay, um, easily top three for me. Number two for you. Well, uh, this again, this this track, this 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 track from Rubber Soul just has another powerful powerful line uh, in it that you know again you know you can't believe that such a young young man is writing this but um why tell me why did you not treat me right love has a nasty habit of disappearing overnight you know i'm looking through you uh again such a powerful track that you wouldn't think i mean you listen to you know some of those later songs that um you know once jane is kind of like out of the picture and then you you know you listen to some of the ballads that you know he started doing for for Linda, just you know, <laughs> you just tell the difference in tone and change, and 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 you know how his his, his attitude, uh, you know, it, it's it's really just uh, it, it's it's really fascinating when you look at the scope of those songs compared to the songs that he wrote for Linda, right? And like there's there's like nothing going wrong. There's everything is perfect, right? In the relationship for Linda. So there's no challenges whatsoever. No. You know, and then you, you know, and then you listen to these songs that he does, you know, with Jane in mind and the frustration. Just, just, so, yeah, there's so frustration and challenges, it, it, you know. It, it, so yeah. if everything was like lovey dovey and perfect with Jane Asher, would we have gotten all these songs? Exactly. Exactly. We we don't. I mean, if, if she becomes the housewife that he wants her to be, you know, the stay at home. And, you know, and have my slippers and drink ready when I get home, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. You know, we don't we don't get any we don't, of these songs. We don't get these songs. You We're know? not getting for no one. We're not getting you on CD. Right. I'm looking through you. We're not getting them. <laughs> yeah. Your lips are moving. I cannot hear. Your voice is soothing, but the words aren't clear. You don't sound different, but I've learned the game. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. You know. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Uh-oh. What What version? The false start version, or the or the one that made it on the on the album. Yeah, the one that made it on the album. I mean, that's the one that I, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to. You know, down so. down. But you have have you heard the full the false start version? Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to listen to it again because if I have, it's been it's been long long time. Yeah, that's a good song too. Yeah, but I'm looking <laughs> through you. I, I I just think is it's one of his most powerful. You know, uh, throughout his time in the Beatles. And I'm really glad that they they cleaned it up because the version that they were working with on anthology two, where it was kind of that, that slow, right, you know, right. you know, reggae version, right. you know, that was, that was not going to work. The way, the way no, they, no, 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 no. They yeah, properly changing dumped, it up. Yeah. Changing definitely. up was good. You know, that whole like slow, like shuffle beat version of like the mm-hmm. skip, almost like a skipple version of I'm looking through you. That was on anthology two. I'm I mean, interesting, but the album version obviously kicks that thing out of the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So number oh, yeah. two, that was yep. number two for that's, you, brother. That's two for me. What do you got? 
two for uh, me. You mentioned it uh, <clears throat> two, two songs ago, so we don't have to go over it. It's You Won't See Me, mm. one of my all-time favorite Paul songs, uh, Beatle of the Beatle period, of all Beatle, of all the whole Beatle period. If I was doing you know, a top 10 of, say, between 62 and 70, You Won't See Me, I think, would, would be on the list. You know, including mm-hmm. all that later, that latter day stuff. I think that, right. that's how strongly I feel about it. And again, purely because, you know, you know, everybody's like, oh, Norwegian Wood, uh, you know, all the songs that are on Rubber Soul. That one to me stands out. You know, Michelle, you know, I know like a lot of people fawn over Michelle and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, but I th- You Won't See Me is, is, for all the reasons you stated, is a great song. Finally, he, in 2004, he played it live for the first time, which was so cool to see. Oh, I believe he played it in Spain. Uh, somewhere in, in 2004, it got its uh, live debut, which was cool to see. And listen, for all, everything you said, that's why it's up there. So time for your number one. Oh, boy. Um, paperback writer. Uh, hands down. Hands down. Uh, I think it's one of their best singles uh, of that period. Um, could be my favorite single uh, from that period. Um you when know, you when you say that, what do you see me like this? What do you mean between sixty two and sixty six? Yeah, yeah, between yeah during the red the red time red <laughs> era. If that's what, you know, it's our red album, folks. It's our red album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah paperback writer, I, I think is just is wonderful. Listening to the struggles of a you know inspiring you know writer, uh, dear sir or madam, will you read my book? It took me years to write. Will you take a look? Um, you know, just listening to what this story is about. <laughs> You know, it's just, it makes me want to read something like this. And uh, it's a dirty story of a dirty man and his clinging wife doesn't understand. You know, it's, it's again, it's it's just fun, uh, a fun track. And it's, you know, this is the kind of stuff why I love McCartney as, as a songwriter, as a singer. Uh, I love the, you know, the... The, the paperback writer when all three of them come in and, and go Fair, paperback right the, the Farajaka the yeah. Farajaka backing too right but, I'm not I, the, you hear yeah I'm not the biggest fan of it live um but you know it just just killer no you know the opening guitar riff uh you know is is is, is killer and um yeah this one this one rocks for me and uh so much pleasure uh, listening to the song over the last, you know, you know, forty oh, years or so, easily. Know, I think it's, this is one of those songs that I think always irritated John because this is because Paul could always write about, you know, what, right. you know, Jim everyday Smith, person, everyday, yeah. and this is the kind of song lyrically that I always think drove John crazy because he's like, Paul can write about Mister and Mrs. Smith walking down the road or you know, right. the guy writing a book, and John we couldn't do that, but it just wasn't his writing style. I know. It, it was always a bone of contention because Paul could just write about the average person and then he could do it. But obviously, yeah, you can't go wrong with paperback writer there, brother. Um, I, I think I like, I it did not make my top 10. I, I like, I think from the production, not so much about the lyrics. I mean, the lyrics are, mm-hmm. are, are okay, but it, the, the production of the song and the vocals and the harmonies and the, and right. the musician, the musicianship of the song, and the production of it to me, and the bass playing on it, the, oh. bass, the bass playing on this song, yes, is off the charts. You Killer, know, because you can, you know, and you notice. I think in the Lewison, in in the recording sessions book, there's an interview that Lewison does with Paul to open that book, and Mark asks him and says, "Hey, starting in 1966, with you know the, the Beatle records have a really increased sound in, in bass, right?" And he specifically mentions paper, Paperback Writer, you know, and Paul goes into why it's. 
It was, you know, and it was so prominent on a song like that. And even the B-side, Rain. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, live, I think you're right. Live, it's a little tough to reproduce, especially as he got older, you know? Yeah. Um, All right. I'm curious. You're number one. It's been said already. It was your number four. But mm. for me, it's it's my number one, and that is for no one. Ah. It's for no it's it's um it's it's Baroque nineteen sixties pop at its finest. Mm-hmm. Uh and I've I have i have always enjoyed the blend of kind of classical and rock together, you know, uh, so within a lot of the music that I like. You know, it's late it's turns later on going into Prague. Not that this is I mean, it, you could call Revolver early Prague, but that kind of mix and clash of styles where you're getting popular popular music and classical stuff intertwined. Right, you get right. that with on for no one. Uh, again, the descending melody in for no one on the chords with the piano. Well, almost you know, every it, just, it goes down. It just it starts right. up and goes down. Your day breaks, your mind aches. You know. Right. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I was saying almost every song on a revolver can be like you know it's got its its pop rock roots, but then they they interweave a different genre of of music, whether it's like acid rock, garage rock, or or psychedelic classic, rock, psychic, or whatever, classical R and B. Uh, yeah. you know, just about every check on Revolver has that. Some some element of it. Indian some, Indian, you know. Yes, yeah, well. we know Eastern the East yeah. the Eastern yeah. influence at the time, um, which is why you know that album is so celebrated as it should be. Um, but for me, for no one, um, the ballads as we talked about the uh, the melancholiness of for no one is something that is I've always enjoyed. That mm-hmm. I love the version that is on Broad Street. I think it's great that that he revisited that. He's played it live a couple of times since then, but not not too many. Right. I think it was in the set list in 2005 uh, for the Chaos Tour. Um, there's, yeah, there's hardly a version of it that I don't like, but for me, that that's the one to go to. And I wish we got a little more outtakes of that on the Revolver box set. We didn't, you know, but we didn't get. I would love to hear work in progress stuff of, for mm-hmm. no one right. to hear how it came through. But um, for me, that that again, if I'm doing a top ten Beatles list. For no one's going to be on there as well, too. I've always enjoyed that song, um, going back, you know, since my early early days of Beatle fandom. So for me, right. that was a, a home run of a pick for to to round out the top ten for the pre, nineteen sixty seven songs. We'll call it we'll call it just like a, this is our our blue our red album. This is our right. red album, Paul. This is episode. our red album, right? <laughs> and uh, that that that's going to round out our top ten for both. So um, this, yeah, you know, that's fun it. list. Yeah, good idea, partner. Good exercise. So, uh, Thomas, tell us what's coming up for Talk More Talk and you. Well, um, you know, Talk More Talk, we had to take a little bit of a uh, a break for, for personal reasons. So we'll be back uh, soon, though. I know we're lining up a uh, an interview with... Uh, with uh, Cozen and Sinclair for the uh, McCartney interview or McCartney legacy book. Uh, so, so we'll be doing that. And I don't want to give too much else away for of what we're doing or what we're planning in the future. Um, but yeah, that will be coming up soon. Again, um, our regular schedule uh, show had to be uh, mixed up a little bit because of, of, you know, personal issues. But uh, other than that, um, you know, we got that coming up and a lot of other great shows. I know we're going to be revisiting another listen uh, series that we, that we, that we do again real soon. And, um, and then, and uh, unfortunately my, my laptop took a, took a crap on me. So, um, cause I do want to start a, uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask you about that. What are we, um, how's the movie channel coming along? Well, see, yeah. So, you know, 
when I when we do or when I do get finally do get a new laptop uh, because I'm just I normally just use the um, the tablet but right now I'm actually using my wife's brand new uh, laptop so um, but thank when you, I thank you Mrs Anyadi yes yeah so when when I get the new one then I I am going to uh, um, you know try to get the finishing touches on a on a uh, YouTube movie channel. Um, uh, people that know me from hanging out on Joe Mayo's uh, live streams, and you know, sometimes we'll talk about it over here too. Um, you know, I'm a huge film junkie, um, so uh, you know, I think I, you're uh, as much I, of a movie junkie as you are a music junkie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe even maybe, maybe, maybe even more. Little, maybe slightly slightly Sli more. More right? Yeah, maybe slightly more. And uh, maybe sometime in the future, maybe we can do a, a, a top ten favorite films or something like that on two legs. Yeah, sure. Know, just for a little, you know, just for a little, uh, you know, sideshow or something. Hey, well, we've we've done that. We've you know, we we did our our favorite albums yeah. outside of the Beatles. I wouldn't mind doing a top ten film thing. Yeah, I mean, we could post it in the middle of the week or something like that. Uh, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah. You definitely you definitely would outclass me in your your film knowledge. I mean, uh, you know, because in your collection, maybe. you've you've watched you've seen so much. I mean, I've got I've, my I've, favorites, but I've probably forgotten more movies than people have seen. You yes, know? and. Uh, There'll be times where I'll just, I'll, uh, you know, I'm running through a, an actor's uh, uh, filmography and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I did see that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, you know, because just there's times where I've just seen so, so many, especially growing up, too. When I remember when we first got HBO, uh, you know, Whoa. it was just it was, it was exactly, you know, the heavens <laughs> opened and it was just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, but uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, so at the end, our, I think our when is this getting posted? By the way, this will this is now airing on the twenty eighth of January. Yeah, by that time we should be. Uh, I think the thirtieth will be our next uh, talk more next, talk right next talk more talk. Yeah. All right. So that's yeah. that's the that's the update for the talk more talk gang. And then again, if you know, they're just, I mean, followers of this show probably know them, but they they're just. Um, you know, I remember just discovering it and saying, oh, these are some cool people. You know, here we are now a couple of years later and we've gone to conventions together and fests yeah. and, and, and symposiums. And um, it's just been so great to kind of get into that network of people and meet so many people. And, uh, you know, the fest will be here in a few months. So yes, it is. Yep. And uh, looking forward to that as well and seeing everybody from, you know, Talk More Talk and everybody, everybody that has supported the show um, since, you know, we've been going. So it. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. I mean, other right. than uh, that, I've got an unboxing for the Dylan set, which will, ah, by the yes. time this, this posts, I already have it, but I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if I'll have the video up yet, but that, my unboxing on that, as I talked about, will be up on my own channel, Andy's Music Vault, The Other Leg, in a couple of days, and uh, a couple of concerts. I've got uh, I've got Denny Lane in February in New ah, York. Oh, yes. Very I'll good. be seeing him in a couple of weeks in New York City. I've got John Anderson uh, in April, April in New York. Yep. Yep. As well, so uh, the concert season is uh, off and running in 2023. Not as prolific as it was in 22 so far, but we'll see. Not yet, yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Legs Podcast, and email us at Two Legs Podcast at Gmail dot com. If you have a suggestion for the show, please please feel free to email us. I mean, yeah, we don't really usually run out of ideas, but. Uh, you know, every once in a while, we like to slip in a uh, guest suggestion uh, from time to time. So just That's like it. we did last week. Just with, like we uh, did last week with, with yeah. the, the album game. Yeah. And we'll yeah. continue that again. I know we got a couple. I think Matt 
Matt emailed us on his. We'll we'll discuss that at some point too. I saw an email right. from him as well. Thank you. And yeah. uh, that that's going to do it for us this week for episode one ninety four. So for my co-host, Mr. Tom Onyati, I'm Andy Nichols signing off, and we'll see you next time on Two Legs. See ya. Take care. to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, hosted by Tom Hanyadi and Andy Nichols, with musical contributions by Dylan